Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Have you heard the good news? It's Thursday, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. And that's because of the beautiful people at Patreon. 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 God damn it, Patreon. The beautiful people, hundreds of people, support this show financially, and you can too, like Dennis says in the beginning of the show, for $10.80 a year. Super inexpensive. You can support work for it and we would appreciate it and also we have two sponsors bakerforge.com if you're looking for that special piece of steel to take your knife project to the next level go check out bakerforge.com and all their social media platforms tiktok youtube facebook only fans and instagram and you can see exactly how they make this beautiful beautiful alloy steel that you can take and then create something that could go 10x of what you have invested in it. I know Coy is a friend of mine, business owner, entrepreneur. Some might call him an idiot savant. <laughs> Come on now. I'm joking about that. No one calls him an idiot savant. So, well, maybe that came up during the foundry a little bit. Somebody said something about idiot savant, and then it was a joke. It was very funny. And we all laughed. We had a great time. You just had to be there. You had to be there. And if you weren't there, you might have a chance, if you're a patron, to be there next year. So that's just another little tiny push in that direction. Also, when you're ready to put a handle on that knife that you're getting ready to sell, you might want to think about going to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and talking to Lawrence Lake. He has everything from abrasives to handle material to steels to tools to just about every single thing you could ever want to produce that next project. So go check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Talk to Lawrence Lake and tell him the boys over at Work For It sent you. And also, don't forget, WFI10 is the promo code that you can use to get 10% off at BakerForge.com. So if you're looking at a piece of steel, it's 100 bucks. 10% off is 10 bucks. That piece of steel is now 90 bucks. You can take that $10 and you can join Patron for work hey, for hey, it. Look at that. Look, look at, at that. you wrapping that all together. Saving money, that. buying shit, Brian. That's how I do it. <laughs> Saving money at work for it. That's it. That's it. Uh, all right. So it's Thursday, and I'm just about. And, and the, I got to. Before you hit the music, Brian. All right. I want everyone to visualize in their minds close your eyes right now this will take 10 seconds trust me when i tell you this i want you to visualize a hammock mm. on one end is december 31st and on the other end is january 1 or you can reverse those dates if you want but remember <laughs> i was gonna say that's that's a one day hammock right there you can go <laughs> you, well if you go and if you go forward it's not it's a full year and right now Right where you're sitting is right where the asshole is in that hammock. If you're laying in that hammock, there's a little butthole right there. It's stinky and sweaty and salty and gross. But I'm going to tell you right now, in about 10 minutes, how you can clean that asshole right up. And you can make something great in the low end of the hammock of the year. Because I hear a lot of people talking about Sales are down, money's hard, times are tough. But you know what? I got you, baby. I got you because it's work for it. Let's go, Brian. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, we can get past this. Every single year, you are living in a hammock environment where at January 1, it's the beginning of the hammock, and December 31st, that's the other end. And there's this swoop, this big old curve down right in the middle. And that is June 15th or 16th. 
and you're just like post. Now we're on the way back up, baby. Get this it. is it. You've hit rock bottom. This is the end right here. This is as low as it gets, Brian. Man, as low as it gets. I definitely feel that because like right when that low, that that bottom of the hammock, I was laid up sick. Couldn't have been lower in that hammock. Let me tell you. Right. You got spanked. See, yeah. we and I and I have a theory about Blade Show, right? Blade Show happens in the middle of summer for a reason, like right around that time, and it's because it gets us out, it gets us motivated and excited for the future. What I here's what I've noticed in the last few years of doing this cycle is that the couple of weeks after Blade Show, there's like this deflation, right? Mm. Like where you've been at Blade Show, you've had a great time, you probably spent some money you shouldn't have. It was expensive to go there. Um, hopefully you made some money while you were there if you're a knife maker. And um, and then these these this next month is just like, it's quiet. It's summertime. No one's focusing on buying stuff. They're not mm. going out going, hey, I'm going to go buy this and buy that, or I'm going to be working on this project. You know what they're doing? They're sitting next to their fire pits, drinking brews, clinking glasses, and just generally the, being pieces of shit. <laughs> enjoying the spoils of their hard work. And so what happens is people aren't focused on that, you know, the consumerism end of things. And this is in every single industry. Why do you think you see so many summertime sales? July 4th is a big one. You know, everybody leans on that whole, you know, you got to get, you got to get out there. You got to buy for America. You got to get out there and consume. Sure. And I'm on the fence about all of it because if you know, this is coming, if you've had this information and you've seen these patterns over the course of a few years, you can prepare for this. You know, you can bank and sock away a little bit of money. And if you're early in that, in that, uh, the new entrepreneur uh, endeavor lifestyle, the, that path, it might be really tough during these periods, these first few years of that endeavor. Mm-hmm. So you have to really look at it from the standpoint that this is a finite situation. The mind immediately wants to go, holy shit, this is another massive catastrophic financial failure of our economy and i'm going to be i'm going to die in a ditch broke and dirty and tired and well, that's human nature well, right Brian, that's what's in our brain let let me let me throw it back to early days of being an entrepreneur for brian house how many times did you have those scares uh many times and i exactly. still have them and and that's why i'm i'm um empathetic to the the plight of the early maker early entrepreneur but i'm here to be a voice of hope and mm-hmm. also reason and here's here's what i'm going to tell you i'm going to unlock a couple of secrets about how you can utilize this time in the most efficient way moving forward now what we do at housemade is that we use these slow months for infrastructure. Listen to what I am saying. I am not focusing on sales. You would think, you would think that I would be out there with a broom and a fucking, you know, sign and I'd be drumming up sales. I am not doing that. It is a lesson in futility. You will not get those sales. Sales will remain slow. You might pick up a few here and there. But people are just not focusing on that kind of thing right now. They're just not. So what can you do? Infrastructure, new tooling. Right now is a great time to go out and spend some money with some vendors. And if you've got your plan set up throughout the year, you've socked a little money away for this. So because all these other vendors are feeling the exact same thing you're feeling. So now is the time to make a good deal. Save some money on that tool that you want. And then also preparing getting ready because in another few months the complaints of i don't have enough business i don't have enough sales things are slow i'm poor i don't have any money it's going to turn into i don't have any time holy shit i'm trying to prepare for christmas and the holidays and black friday holy fuck blah 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 blah. and all i hear is yap 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 and here's what i'm going to tell you all that talking and all that negativity if you convert it into positive reaction and actual action your year will go much smoother okay Mm. 
your year will start your years will start to smooth out what you'll notice is you get less irritated by those slow sales days and you realize this is a blessing i now have the time to improve my skill sets make new tooling build new tooling buy new tooling whatever it is go out there and get it and start learning how to use it or new techniques learn how to use cad learn how to design all those little things matter and then there's going to be a time very soon where you won't have time for that anymore because all you're doing is making so take that advice for what it is i have been in this world for 20 years take my advice or not this is the freebie this is what you're getting but i'm going to tell you right now that if you just deploy and employ these tactics throughout the year it's remember it's 365 days it takes for you as this meat popsicle on this big blue orb rotating around an enormous star just just perfect amount of distance from that star to create your your life the thing that you hold so dear the true meaning of you as a human being it takes 365 days to go all the way around to do one revolution all the way around that sun january 1 is the beginning december 31st is the end and you are down in that little slump in the middle where everyone's clinking their glasses and not focusing on buying from you and not buying on Etsy, not buying on your website. And they're really not looking at social media. And I'm kind of proud of people for not doing that. I hear a lot of people talking about algorithms and they're getting screwed. Oh, man, Instagram changed their algorithm. Instagram did not change anything that will affect you. Trust me when I tell you, it will not. It's just that there's less people on the platform. They're just focusing on whatever it is they're doing beyond their social platforms. Now, when it starts to get cold and rainy and shitty up north, what do people do? They go inside, they look at their phones and their computers, and they're doing that stuff again, and eventually it'll all start over. It'll be another cycle, and we'll just keep on riding that train. But you have to look at the big picture. Quit being a bitch. Get out there and do your work. Pick yourself up. Learn that these slow periods... This is finite. Use it to your advantage. This is going to be the one of the most powerful pieces of advice you'll ever hear from me. Use it to your advantage to get a leg up. This is where the fire pit piece of shit thing came from, by the way, Brian. Right. Because when I was saying, you know, in the summertime, people have a tendency, human nature, is to slow down. Now, some for some people, the guys working in the cubicle, the guys doing the nine to five grind, that's okay. You know, hey, do your thing. Those are also your customers, by the way. But guys like us, we got to work for it all year round. You got to just do what you've got to do. You want to pick this lifestyle. You want to be the, the the controller of your destiny. You want all of that. You want to just keep being a self-made human being. The only way is to just take action. And so I want to encourage those who are discouraged right now to change your perspective and your mindset. This is an important part of this. It all starts between your ears. Make sure that hamster is rolling in the right way. Because if you start thinking negative thoughts, I have watched too many good makers and good business people implode and quit. Mm. And some of them were three feet away from that pot of gold. And it's sad. It's but it's that old up. it's that miners thing where you see the cross section of a miner, you know, digging away and digging away and digging away, and they end up giving up right as they're like one strike away from hitting the gold vein. It's it's you never know yep. when it's gonna happen. Yep, and if you just right. put your head down and fucking work for it, you'll find it eventually. This has been the whole the whole catalyst of this podcast was based on that one thing was that if you just take action a little bit every day, even if it feels like sometimes you're going backwards, that's progress too. And so you're hearing my words and it's not because I'm just spouting this shit off. It's because I've been where you have been and it sucks. And it, and I'm telling you right now, I really wish someone would have told me, but told me the things I'm telling you guys right now. 
I really wish I had a mentor like that. I didn't. And what I had to do was out of necessity, I had to do a lot of things that were, you know, that in my opinion, if I would have just had this information sooner, I would be well beyond the level of success and my my personal and uh, professional career would have been way beyond where I am today because I would have had this armed with this information. Instead, I, for years, fumbled and, uh, you know, just... I, I took a, a lot of um, made a lot of poor decisions based on this short term, you know, slowdowns that we had. And it was because, too, I lived through the the financial crisis of the early right. 2000s. And I, I knew what that felt like. You know, that was one of the greatest economic recessions that this country has ever seen since 1929. And I lived through it. And I was I was raising two little kids and I was a we were a single income family and I was self driven. I was a entrepreneur during that time um, but I like to call that period of my life as as like a baptism through fire yeah. and it was because I learned that no matter what how bad it looks how bad it gets because it did get bad that I was able to do it I never gave up I didn't quit I didn't get sell my company or you know just close my doors I kept working I just kept doing the little things that I could do and I was talking to Brent about this uh, not too long ago where I was telling him stories about how I opened up a little computer shop in a primarily Spanish-speaking neighborhood in my town. And that's where I lived. I lived in a, in a, um, in a, a little part of Naples that's outside of Naples. And it was primarily Spanish and Creole-speaking people. And I had to literally try to translate everything they were telling me so that I could make that $80 to fix a computer, do whatever I had to do. And if you, you know, I could have just easily quit my, uh, closed the doors of that shop and went and tried to find a job somewhere. And mm. I didn't, I did not. I went and I just kept moving forward every single day. I showed up to work. I did what I had to do and it paid off. It took some time, but it paid off. And I want to encourage you guys to do the same thing, no matter how hard it feels every single day. And you look at your bank accounts, you got no money in there and it's tough. And you're like, how am I going to keep moving forward? Struggle is a good thing. Feel what that feels like. And then you'll never want it again. And that desire will grow inside of you. And you will, ne- you will always, always, always put systems into place so that it never happens again. And this system I'm talking about, the hammock, the thing that I, I focus on every single year that if you understand those months and how that works, and we're going to break this down in Housemaid University, by the way, where I'll do an extensive discussion on a certain amount of flow that I think needs to happen for a maker throughout the year and basically schedule it out for everyone. Like, hey, this is the period where you should be doing this, this, and this. This is the period where you should be doing X and Y and Z. And then if you follow that cadence, you're going to have a much more even-keeled year. Yes. I appreciate you guys. I hope you understand that this is Tough Love, Tough Talk by Brian House, and it's because I love you guys, and I want to see you succeed. It isn't because I'm going to hold your hand through the process. I'm going to hold your hand and kick you in the ass and tell you to get back to fucking work. That's how it works. Take action, but take smart action throughout the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like you're spe- – I know you, you actually are speaking directly to me, but I feel like this message is like – tailored straight to where i'm at right now you know i'm i'm in my 20 29 years of life which of course is short and take everything what i say with a giant grain of salt because i'm still new to all this but i've been at the place where i'm at now where you know things are coming up zeros and you know things are not looking the greatest i've been here a couple different times and every single time you know you you bust your ass you work harder you know, you, you sleep a little bit less, you eat a little bit less, and you just use that hunger to, you know, drive and post more. Like, the last couple of days have been the first time that I've actually felt, a hun- like, well enough to get into the shop. And each day I posted nine times. You know, it's it's that, you know, it's that drive that, you know, there's you're back into a corner and you've got nowhere else to go. So you just have to fight through it. You just have to buckle down and you, you know, post more, work harder, work longer. I mean, it's shit's it's going to turn around. It's it's the way it is. And like you said, 
when you look back and you you find that you know that time in your life where you found that drive to push through that right now is going to be the inspiration for future me that's the way i'm looking at it is you know yes it's rough right now yes it could be a lot better it could be a lot worse but you know what if i can make it through this time i can make it through anything absolutely that's it that's absolutely it. you're absolutely right and you will because you have the drive and determination that it takes to make that happen and there's mm-hmm. there's uh, a thousand generations before you that had it a lot worse oh not that of that's, course not that that isn't a, like a an excuse or it or me trying to take anything away from you and your generation because you you have different challenges than we we had to experience Sure. And which is the reason why, by the way, you're on this podcast is because you're going through all the things I went through 15 years ago. I mean, right. it's just it, it's just you're basically me 15 years ago. And and I and I never had a mentor. I never had anyone who, you know, other my parents were pretty good, but they there's very few people who had in my sphere anyway, had success in business because it is very rare. OK. And so, you know, there's a lot of people who tried and failed. And those people were the people telling me that I shouldn't do it. And I had the discernment, enough discernment to not listen to people who had failed. Because why would you listen to people who had failed? You can listen to their stories about how they failed and why. But don't take their advice when they tell you to not do it. Mm. Because if you really want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. I um. I love the word tenacity. Yes. It is it is one of the words that I think defines the difference between like grit. You know, I don't know who coined that term, Mike Rowe or Malcolm Gladwell or somebody, but it was basically it's determination to never give up. Well, when we talk a lot about this in business, and you and I, Brian, have talked a lot about this is the passion component that cannot be it cannot be given to you. Like I can't, I can't tell you, Brian. Um, hey, Brian, uh, t- today I want you to be super passionate about uh, two by seventy-two belt grinders. You know, because you're you're probably not going to be. It's just not who you are. You're passionate about other things. You're you know, passionate about. You might be. I mean, I after after being in your shop, I I can see I can feel the passion. Let me tell you. I well, can feel maybe it. maybe that's not a good example, but you know the. the <laughs> The 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 concept here is is that without that drive every single day in that passion component, this is the reason why people fail because they go after money. They don't yeah. go after really what they want. They go after what they think they want, which is money. So, and I'm going to be, um, I'll be very forward and tell you that I've made a lot of money in my life. I've I've made and lost a lot of money. It's been come and gone, and I and I know how to manipulate the system to to generate income and revenue and I know how to massage all of that and I think I could be 10x financially 10x more successful if I chose another path of work if sure. I chose another another arena to uh, to put my uh, my energy into and but the reason I didn't is because I'm not very passionate about real estate or stocks or financial uh, you know investments it's boring to me. It's just like accounting. It's boring to me. I don't want to. So if somebody told me, like Brian, I'm going to pay you a million dollars a year, but you have to do bookkeeping your oh, entire you know, every day. And, and, and this is a, that's a great example, right? Because yes, it is. You, you and I would both go, no, I don't want to live the life of a bookkeeper. And if you're a bookkeeper, I that's your passion. Cool. Now but it's not here's mine. the thing. Would you what? There's a level like you know. For me, a million dollars, do a year of bookkeeping, and then after that, I'll be able to make knives for the rest of my life comfortably, buy a big-ass shop. You know, I could see myself taking that on for a year at most. It would be a shitty year, but, you know, there's, there's a level of, you know, you suck it up for that nut, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I could see how it, you could do it for a period of time. But in this example, you know, this is like, say, a professional career. Okay. A lifelong career of this work. Because when people get into business for themselves, 
they they are choosing that path for most of their lives that they hope to be it you know it would they would hope it would you know follow them throughout 10 15 20 years 25 years of money making endeavors and and so i look at it like that like look I know I can go make money. It's easier to make money in other ways. Um, but I love doing what I do. And so, and which is the whole point of the production knife line. Now I have the means and the resources. I've done things that I love to do and I want to continue that path. So now I want to do a production knife line. So that's the direction I'm heading in, which by the way, is the time I'm using during this hammock period, the low end of the hammock. That is what I'm doing. I am using this time to deploy all of the things that I've learned in the last few years in not only in the business of making, but also in tooling and understanding CNC to, to then ramp up my knife production line. Right. And if, if I were to stand here and look at my revenue and go, wow, my revenue is a third of what it was two months ago. Wow. That's, that's tough. That's a hard, hard thing. I don't even look at it. I don't care because I have a break-even point. I know what we have to make every month to break even, to pay out payroll and all of that. But at the same time, I already know that my destiny is to do the work that I'm doing with Housemade. And it won't matter if it's July of 23 or if it's December of 25. Those months and the revenue in those months is going to fluctuate and change. But I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be on because every single day I wake up with a true purpose and a true passion, which is what I want you guys that are listening to this podcast right now. I want you to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, where do I want to be in five years? Do I want to be pushing a pencil, bookkeeping, working in a cubicle? Do I want to be working for someone else or working for myself, making things and enjoying my life? That's what I want you to, to, to start to evaluate. The bigger picture here is that no matter what you do, it is going to be difficult, and that is okay because mm. anything worth doing, it, and it's it's going to be tough. If it was easy, everyone would fucking do it, and then it wouldn't be a thing anymore. It wouldn't be that thing that sets you apart from your contemporaries. So take my advice. Uh, I will stop preaching about it right now. I, I just want you guys to know I've seen a pattern on on the social media of a lot of people talking about, you know, views are down and all of this. This is standard operating uh, times for this type of month, these months. And just so you know, and also remember, we're coming out of a pandemic. So a lot of people are now this summer finally getting out and actually socializing with each other. You know, they're right. going out, they're going to parties, they're going to concerts, they're traveling more. I've noticed this. I've seen a lot of people in my sphere are renting houses in the in like on a lake you know they're just getting the fuck out doing something different you've just had three years of people being cooped up and you're used to all of this attention on social media well it's just slowed down now because people are getting out trust me when i tell you they're gonna get fucking bored of it and go right back to social media it'll happen (laughs) once it starts getting fucking cold outside trust me when i tell you everyone's gonna get fucking bored and they're gonna go Hey, I'm going to see what's happening on Instagram. Oh, shit. Brian Cohn's making knives. Oh, shit. Brian Cohn has a raffle. Holy shit. You know, right. it will it will come. It will happen. Trust me. This is finite. So anyway, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to set my I'll put my Bible back down on the table here. I'll stop <laughs> pounding, pounding away at it. So anyways, Brian, how the hell are you, buddy? Dude, I am feeling really good after these last couple of days of hard ass work. Um, You know, like I like you've. I'm sure you guys can hear my voice. I am feeling so much better than I have been the last couple of weeks. I feel like I'm on top of the world. I feel like I'm like, you know, after having a couple of weeks of being away from the shop and then, you know, especially you go to blade show. That was all like, it, it fuels me. It gives me more passion to work harder, whatever. And then I come home and I'm late on my ass because I'm sick. Now that I'm able to work, I've been in the shop for like shit. Yesterday was a 14 and a half hour day after a 16 hour day. Like I I was out there early in the morning and late at night. It was great. And I never stopped and it feels fantastic. I feel sore this morning and I've never felt better. So yeah, I'm, I'm right now. It's all fillet knives. Um, I've been working. I've got four different fillet knives and I'm working on a couple other knives that I'm kind of tooling around with just kind of forging out, you know, trying out some new shapes. 
I did that uh, harpoon clip for Blade Show, and I've had mixed responses. A lot of people think it looks really cool. I also haven't sold it, so you know maybe it's not as cool as I thought it was. So I'm I'm just kind of playing around with some new ideas and trying to come up with a new like this is going to be the thing that everyone wants. This is going to be my version of the thicker clipper, you know. Mm. And that's it's going to take a while. It's going to be a thing that I'm not going to hit right on the first time, of course. Because nobody comes out with the new greatest thing the first time you think about something. But I'm excited to tool around and figure it out and try to come up with something different. And that's, it'll it'll be an interesting, it, it's going to be an interesting thing to try to think about over the next couple months. Because I want to be able to, you know, not only start it, but also have a production line, hopefully you know, try to get something going, hopefully before Christmas, you know. I'm but. just, uh, I'm pulling up your Instagram here. I'm uh, looking for that harpoon. Okay, I see it here. Yeah. This well, you is, saw it in uh, person, dude. Oh, no, no, I know. I'm just looking at, I want to look at the deets, what I was looking yeah. at. It's a five-inch long blade, 1084 yes. steel. You've got uh, the black pearl and copper X-Forge with blue G10 liners. And then copper pins and a Kydex sheath. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool night. I mean, I said this in the past that you need to develop this, you know, work on this design, develop this design, because this could be, like you said, your, your thicker clipper. Um, you know, it's finding that groove. And, you know, is there anything about this knife you would change? You know, that like think about that all the time. And, you know, how could you change it? Would you do brute to forge next time? Or would you add, you know, change up the steel maybe do a damascus version of it you know sure sure um you know my take on any product is make it a hundred times and yeah. as you're making it though throughout that process there will be an evolution that will you'll perfect it and brent has done that with the thicker clipper where he's just every iteration of it he just does a little tweak and it makes it even better so, you know, the first, you know, how egotistical are we to think the first round is going to be perfect? Of course. Exactly. Not, you know? Exactly. It's, it'll be it'll be great. Great to watch the evolution of this product. It sounds to me, though, in your voice, it sounds to me like you might be because you're disappointed this one hasn't sold that you're you might be thinking about abandoning it. Now, I'm not I'm not straight out abandoning it, ab abandoning it. I don't know why that was a hard word to say, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm trying word. to come up with a different way to present it. Like the, the harpoon, the swoop on this thing is extreme. Maybe yes. I, maybe I pull that back a little bit, sure. not necessarily make it minuscule, but there's a happy medium. I've made this harpoon clip design a couple different times, not this exact same one, but the first one was a subtle harpoon. The next one was kind of a little bit more aggressive harpoon. This one is off the wall harpoon you know you know this thing is crazy so sure. maybe maybe i reel that back so that's a little bit more mainstream appealable you know you could also make it smaller too you know that's some true. guys may not want to carry that big of a blade you could scale this thing um you know there's there's a, a hundred ways you could develop this thing and i'd love to see you do that you know even if you draw it out you know sketch it out a few different ways um, that could be something that would gain engagement from the audience, yeah. which would be drawing out the different profiles, the different iterations of the harpoon, and then have people comment and give you advice. That will definitely garner some. some one of the things about this community that I love so much is that if I have a problem, all I have to do is post and ask and say, like, hey, what do you guys think? And I always, always, always get uh, great, usually great uh, responses from people in this industry. And it's because they want to help. They're good people, you know. Um, so I would I would encourage you to uh, to to do that. Involve the community. See what they think. You know, get some advice, you know, and and uh, I'd like to chime in, too. I, I, I would write a write up some changes that I think could happen to it you know well that, shoot let's let's yeah. spitball let's let's talk about it what what's the first thing that you would change from what you see right now i i love the profile so the overall the handle and the way that you do the sharpening choil with the little like it's like a bolster tang like heel i don't know what you call that thing yeah yeah, yeah. um that i love i just love those extreme 
you know, carved out. It's almost very sculptural. And I, I love the harpoon tip and I love how extreme it is. Sure. My, the hands down though, I wouldn't carry a knife that big. I would definitely mm. scale it back. I would, I would keep that harpoon where it is, but just shorten the cutting length. So you would bring back say an inch, maybe inch and a half. So you're squeezing it all together, but you're leaving the handle the same size. Now you oh. may need to drop the, yeah, you may think, think, think thicker clipper here because you know brent did this with a thicker clipper the handle's still four and a half inches mm-hmm. but he's got this one and a half inch long blade that's perfect for utility and you could do the same thing with this and and it would be interesting to see how that would play with the lines of the design okay all right so yeah the blade on this one's about five inches maybe after the af- no absolutely after this podcast is done i'm going to draw up you know, a four inch version, a three inch version, sure. maybe a three and a half inch version. Maybe let's let's play with the the length of the blade, because I, I totally agree. The the knife that I carry all day, every day is my EDC three. And that's because it's small and compact. You can throw it on your hip and it disappears practically. So yeah, right. you've got you've got a very good point there, because this knife is so large, you can't scout carry this thing because it's going to be poking you in the side every time you sit down. Right. So that's that's a very good point. I didn't think about. Yeah. And I you know, people don't know this because most people that buy knives don't understand if it's a handmade knife. It doesn't matter how really how big the knife is from the maker standpoint. You know, they think, well, it's a smaller knife. It should be cheaper and all this. It's like, well, you know, it's more or less the time that it takes to to create it and to, you know, make the handle and all that. So there's still a significant time investment in that work. But uh, a smaller knife becomes more popular amongst more people because it is something you can put into a pocket and you can, you know, because everyone wants a folding knife these days and stuff. And I have an argument against folding versus fixed blade. And I'm, I think there is a there is a solid place for a folding knife. But when you carry a small fixed blade, you'll realize very quickly that it it, it is superior to a folding knife. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, strength and uh, easeability of, you know, quick uh, release. You can get in and out. You know, it's very fast. So there's a lot of advantages to it and a lot less hardware, things to fail and break and oil and grease, all of that. It's a very simple design. It is tried and true. In my opinion, this is just my, I know I'm already going to, I can hear the clickety clack <laughs> typewriters. I was, you motherfucker. You, <laughs> you know, I can just hear it right now, but. I personally will carry a fixed. I have very nice folding knives that in my library of knives that I do not carry. I carry the thicker clipper every fucking day. It is a perfect goddamn knife. I'm telling you now, it's a great knife and it's let me, it's small and easy to carry. Let me be devil's advocate. Just let me be those people typing away. You motherfucker. <laughs> Go for it. The fidget factor, just standing there while you're thinking All about right. a problem. Yes. You open, you take a knife and you open it, close it, open it, close it. There's something about that that is just so. I mean, maybe it's like an ADD thing. No, but. you're right. There definitely is something to that. I I do like the fidget concept of of having a blade, a folding blade that you can throw open or click open. Hundred um, percent agree there. What I'm talking about though is for guys that you know need a knife for utility. You know, and where they're going to be using it as a tool. And um, I remember way back when I started a podcast with Trent, he we did an episode called The Garage Mahal, where we talked all about these guys who buy things that don't use them like they pop their tool polishers. Right. There's a whole series of people out there that do this with knives, too. And if you're one of those people and you're listening to this podcast, I am not judging you. (laughs) You, I I would rather you fucking collect that than anything else. If you're one of those people, hey, I make handmade knives. I'll make you something. Let me <laughs> let me put something in your garage, Mahal. <laughs> yeah, the, the EDC market is huge. I mean, there's a, it's it's a billion dollar industry, you know. So sure. it, it, I get why people do it. It's just that I am I am not that type of person. I don't collect things, okay. Yeah. And I I uh, I'm more of a I believe that my purpose on earth, my meaning on earth, is for um for the work that i do which is you know creating things and tooling and you know whatever you know my shit yeah it's just that i need a knife that i can carry that's reliable 
Okay. And so when I have this knife in my pocket, I feel like it can do anything. I can slice through a million rounds of shrink wrap on a pallet filled with steel. And it doesn't matter if the edge catches a piece of steel that's on that pallet because it's a very obtuse angle and it's sharpened easy. And there's a lot of meat on that bone. So when I go back to resharpen it 50 times a year, it's, good to go i don't i don't think about it and so you know there's little things like that now if you're an edc guy you're a fidgeter you like all that stuff of course i have knives on my desk no joke i have one on my desk for that purpose sure but it doesn't get used used you know i don't cut things with it typically so uh i love the concept brian i would i would keep moving forward on it i would not abandon it i think it's a great knife and then you know play with the concepts and then, man, I'm telling you right now, great social post would be to take this profile, draw it four different ways, and have people con- uh, comment on it, you know, and sure. talk about it in the comments. I think that could get you some good engagement. So I think going back a little bit, you're talking about how the smaller knives tend to be the things that fly quicker. You Like, the smaller knives, they're so easy, they're, they're usable, they're... You know, just these little pieces of art that you can carry in your pocket or on your hip or whatever. I think you're you're onto something there because the first couple knives that I made out of this new shop were very small knives. The one of the first ones was this this design, but it was you know a two and a half inch blade, maybe five inches overall, not even five inches overall. Like the thing was tiny. Yeah. And it sold within ten minutes. There you go. The first couple knives were nano neck knives or little cleavers sold within, you know, an hour. I think you've got something there. Yeah, You also get definitely have something on there. Absolutely. You are. And, you know, there's a little bit less, you know, this knife, this ED or this uh, harpoon situation. I'm hoping to get 350. I probably won't get that much out of it just because it's a larger thing. It's it's going to be less appealable. Where a smaller neck knife, you know, that's going to be right around the 200 to 250 It's only $100 less, but for some reason, people hit the buy now button on it a lot yeah. quicker. Have I you thought about raffling this this harpoon off, the one that you took to Blade? Honestly, you know, I've got that and I've got a couple other knives that I'm sitting around on. And, you know, like I said, things are coming up zeros lately, so... Maybe maybe it is time for another raffle. I don't know. Do do a super inexpensive raffle. Like do like a five dollar buy in and don't limit the tickets or something. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I love those because right now, just remember, everything is at a discount because it's summertime and you should be discounting too, you know. And like you're talking about making smaller knives, sell this one at a discount or raffle it at a discount, whatever it might be to generate some revenue so that you can continue working. And, you know, if you need that, you need more abrasives, you need whatever you can, you've got that revenue coming in. Right. Um, Just get creative with it. I mean, you could also, I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, um, Alex Steele, he was pretty prominent at the time. I think, I think at the time when he did this, he was very prominent, but he had, he'd done a live broadcast where he was hand forging out bottle openers did you ever see this i was on that that he did yeah and he he did one where the first one went for a cent the next one went for two cents the next one went for four cents and it just went exponential until people stopped buying them yeah and and he forged i think for almost 24 hours yeah it was wild and he did it live and and it was wild. Um, definitely a young man's enterprise. I will say, though, that it generated a lot of revenue for him. And he, I, I think the last one he sold was like $1,000 or something. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, people were paying a lot of money. And you could take that same concept. I'm not saying forge for 24 hours. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what I am saying is that, you know, you could you could grab some of these smaller pieces of steel that are in your shop, bang them out into little cleavers or whatever, don't spend a ton of time on them and let the customer know that say like these won't come with sheaths. These will just be small little cleavers or small little shop knives, utility shop knives or whatever that I'm hand forging out. And I'm going to be working for it uh, to make these knives and I'm going to sell them at a deep discount. You know, 
put a hundred bucks on each one, whatever you, you know what I'm saying? Just whatever you got to do to generate some income, utilize some of that energy and some of that time to, to get, and I'm telling you, man, people will back you up. And the reason why people will back this is because they love it when a guy is, is down, something's happened and they're not, you know, things are wrong and he's working for it. Right. People love to fucking rally around that shit. And so I would, I would do that. I would make like 10 of those knives, generate a thousand bucks, whatever it is. And then, you know, onwards. So I actually have like in the shop, the old, the old guys who lived here before they had a little work workshop out in this, out in the shop that is currently now mine. Um, They built this weird looking shelf thing that kind of hovers halfway up the wall. I originally was just going to tear it down, but I, I just, you know, said, screw it. It's, it's some shelves uh, or it's some drawers. Uh, Why not use it? So I just started labeling them. Like this is the, the natural handle material. This is the dyed and, you know, stay, you know, basically I made a bunch of different labels and put them up there. And one of them is handle scraps. And one of them is metal scraps. Once, once a week or so, I will just, whenever I have the forge on, I'm forging something out. You know, if you're working on one knife, you might as well be working on two. If you're working on two, you might as well be working on three, you know, because you, it takes time because you got to put that steel into the heat. And then you what are you going to do? Just stand there until it gets warm. No, have another piece of steel that's going to come out and, you know, you can work on that while the other one's warming up. So that's the idea behind that. So basically what I do, if I have one of those slots that are open where I'm just standing around, I'll just go over to my metal scraps, grab a random scrap that looks super wonky, and then just make it. See what happens. Don't go into it thinking, I'm going to make, you know, a harpoon clip out of this. Just forge it and see what shit comes out. And those are the yeah. ones that always look so freaking cool. Those were the yeah. first couple knives that I started off with. And that's where my original harpoon clip, that little mini harpoon clip that went to um, Brian, Brian Hidden Camp, Tortuga Blade Works. Yeah. It had that kind of harpoonish shape to it. So I just kind of accentuated it and made it into something else. And boom, there it is. And it sold super quickly. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, this harpoon thing might be a thing. So. Yeah. I, 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 I 100% back this. I think it's creative thinking in a time that will get you back on track, get you, you know, I, I had the same sort of fatigue, cold thing that you had. And I, dude, it took a lot of energy out of me. And, and I was, I'm not like typically like a caffeine guy, like where I, I need a ton of caffeine to operate. Sure. In this last couple of weeks, I've just been two, three, four cups of coffee a day, monster drinks, trying to stay energized enough to just work a standard, you know, eight, nine hour day. Um, and yesterday was the first day I felt okay. You know, just yeah. like you, you know, in the last couple of days I started feeling okay again. And um, I work for, I work 12 hour days, you know, for the last couple of days because I'm trying to catch up. Right. And so uh, like you, I've been feeling this, the hammock, it's low. It, it sucks. And, but at the same time, because I'm armed with this knowledge that this is a finite situation I'm using this time very efficiently to create something for the months moving ahead to try to prepare myself for the months moving ahead. Because, you know, you and I both know in another couple of months, we're going to be so fucking busy. We don't, you know, we won't know what to do with all this free, you know, all that, all this free time. I don't want to squander it. Basically is what I'm trying to say. So, um, and I think your idea of, of doing some forge work, um, getting some people involved and then share that process, talk to people about it. On on your social posts, even if they're only getting 300 to 500 views or whatever it might be, just talk about, hey, like things are slow right now, so I'm going to do what I do best. And I'm going to hand forge some small stuff out and it's going to be super inexpensive, but you can own one of my pieces this month for, you know, next to nothing. And I bet you you'll have a line out the door of people wanting to support what you're doing. So I think it's a it's a good thing. I also think that, you know, you said, let's go ahead and raffle this knife off. Fuck it. Let's do it. I'm on. What, the harpoon? Yeah, let's do it. I've yeah. got I've got that knife and I've got five other knives over here that I was going to start a big mega raffle off of. I think I'm just going to hold on to the rest of them for the Christmas season that will be coming up. Sure. Let's go ahead and start this harpoon clip. Let's do a raffle. $5 a spot. 
unlimited spots. Get them at BconeKnives.com. And, uh, yeah, let's get this thing going. I love it. I love it. Now, in the photo I'm looking at, it doesn't have your – maybe I'm looking at the wrong side. Does it have – oh, no, the other side has your logo on it. Okay, so it does have your I'm one of those weird people that put the logo on the right side. I don't know why that started off that way, but that's just the way it is. Somebody told me the theory behind what side you do it, and I was now, thinking Brent. I, mean, I can tell that, you um, the reason knife, it's different or something. With kitchen knives, I originally did it for kitchen knives. I put it on the right side, right. and that's because when you're using it, if you're a right-handed person, the logo is facing out. So if someone's using it on camera, the logo is going right. to be facing the camera. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, so for social posts and stuff. uh yeah, and I used to put my logo on both sides because I just that's what I thought you did. And I remember the knife talk guys were like, that, that's so unprofessional. You shouldn't do that. And, you know, whatever else. So I stopped doing it. But I don't know. People are left handed. People are right handed. I don't know. I mean, I, I, wow. you know me. I'm a branding guy. I put my <laughs> logo on every fucking thing. You know? we'll put it on every surface. <laughs> it's going to be all over the face of the blade. Well, the thing is, is you know, Especially with me, I'm I'm doing the hot stamping with the max grip. Yeah, right. So if exactly. if I were to flip to it pay. over, I mean, would it just punch all the way through? <laughs> or it would flatten the other side, probably. Right. It would, right. you know, it would mar up the other side. So yeah, yeah. One side is the is the way to go. So all right. So yeah, make sure you want to go support Brian and what he's doing. He's he's you know five bucks to raffle that thing off. I think that's a good deal. You could win that knife for five bucks. Go to bconeknives.com. And check it out. And, uh, Brian, we are, I mean, we're 51 minutes in. Can you believe this shit? Oh, yeah. We have eaten up almost the entire show uh, just talking about this. But I felt so compelled. In fact, I was going to do a reel about it today if I had time where I would draw the hammock out for people on a whiteboard and pull a Noah Blomberg and, you know, uh, show everybody like, hey, this is, you know, I love the little things he's doing now with the t- education, the teaching. Yeah. Have you seen his reels where he does this? Oh, yeah. Um, Noah from Entiot River Forge. He's a. Uh... Oh, and the Hustle and Grind podcast, too. Yes, so, he is. Uh, I was just yeah. going to bring that up. If you haven't listened to the Hustle and Grind in a while, jump back over there, guys. It's it's a great show. They've really oh, turned it into something fun. Of- they really t- they really converted it over the last year. It's it's so good. So ju- yeah, I've a hundred percent back those guys. Got a chance to hang out with both of them at Blade Show. It's yeah, hands down. Go listen to the uh, Hustle and Grind podcast. It's a it's a it's a good experience. So put that in your headphones. Um, also, shout out again to the Edge and Flow uh, podcast with TJ Schwartz and Lucas Burnley. Every single episode I listen to with those guys, I get. I get something out of it. It's always educational and it's from a different perspective from what you're used to listening to because these guys are production knife makers, meaning they're doing things in bulk and they're using CNC and all of that. And I, there, there's something to it. You need to go listen to what they're talking about because even if you're still hand making everything, it's important to listen to their process on the marketing side mm. and the business side of things because it's a completely different approach. It's important. So, well, man, should we jump into the WFI projects or should yes. we go straight to the dad joke and get into real the quick? Show? Let, let's grab one WFI project out of the bucket and then we'll, yeah, we'll go into a dad joke. Uh, we have 13,000. Isn't that wild? 184 uh, posts using that hashtag. And by the way, I have had a bunch of people tell me recently, like, Again, it keeps coming up like you're not seeing my stuff. you got to do a static post. Yes. You can't do a reel because it doesn't come up on the WFI Projects hashtag page, and the follow page. even if it did, we're not going to push a reel on this pod. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to look at it, and all of a sudden we're going to start hearing the reel going in the background, and we're talking over the reel. Right. Like, that's just not radio. That's not going to yes. work. So yeah, it, static it posts. Work. Exactly. Static posts. So take a photo, go old school on Instagram, take a photo. Um, I'm going to look at, I'm going to shout out Parable Manny G over at Parable Knives. Uh, he's working on his Tormac sharpening system and he's putting an edge on a blade and it's, it's, it's great. And actually this is a video I'm watching, but he paired it with some stills. 
So that's nice. how it ended up on our feed. Like how I'm able to see it is it's paired with some some photos and stuff. So uh, Manny G over Parable Knives at the point of this recording, he has 3,694 followers. And uh, it's uh, Manny G is a, a patron of ours and a great guy, and he's doing great work uh, on, on his uh, feed. He's also a fellow United States postal worker. Nice. So, and we appreciate the post office because it is hands down the best delivery system known to man. I've used them all. There it is. There it is. You're not you're not going back to that one that we don't speak about. The F word. We, the don't, F word. we don't use the F word on the show. Right. All right. Well, yes, we do actually. <laughs> not that one. Okay. All right. <laughs> Selective with the F words. Exactly. I've got Ben's bites. We all know him. We all love him. He has been really like he has been kicking ass in a different way on this one. So this one is I'm gonna try to pronounce this. I'm gonna kill it. It's Kono Fujiyama. Okay. I I definitely killed that one. So this knife is not a knife that he made. He has rehandled this knife. So it is this big, long, it looks kind of like a Gyoto or some sort of Japanese-inspired, or it might just be a Japanese knife, I don't I don't know, with a name like Kodo, Kono Fujiyama. Again, I definitely killed that one. Um, with, with the way that it looks, it has what looks like decades of patina on this thing. It looks like it's been used and abused and, you know, basically cherished for a long time. Well, it needed a new handle. So who's the master of handles? Freaking Ben's Bites. He sent it off to Ben's Bites. He put a nice, sexy handle on it. It's got a two-tone. It's got some darker on the bolster, lighter woods down the back. Nice little strip of, uh, it doesn't say here, but it's it's a nice little light strip down the middle. It is a really sexy-looking handle, and that's, that. it just, it the fact that the handle looks so new and the blade looks so patinaed it's just such a cool stark you know contrast between the two i'm really digging it and good job ben go check yeah, him out at I'm, Ben's i'm Bites. with you on on that knife that knife that he that, the blade it definitely looks like it's been in a commercial kitchen or exactly cooked with every day for 20 years i mean it's got that carbon japanese carbon steel uh patina that yeah and it's got a, i don't know if that's a true hormone or a false hormone but it is beautiful and he did an excellent job so if you're looking to have a knife rehandled make sure you talk to ben's bites on instagram at the time of this recording he has 3517 followers and it is worth a follow because his work is top notch and it's funny that you chose that one because we have a question for the after show from ben himself now you're skipping a step here now we can't end a show without a dad joke. Without a dad joke, you're right. And I have, I have some quality dad jokes. In you don't, the, in you the don't back. happen to have one from Ben himself, so we can just make this a whole Ben after, you know, whole Ben <laughs> end of the show. No, I don't have one from Ben Aww. queued up, uh, but I do have one from Steve Grillo, our executive producer of all dad jokes. All right, uh, he he has uh, he has he's always sending me good stuff. Um, my wife has banned me, by the way, from making any more breakfast puns. She says, if I make any more, I'm toast. Dude, dude, she keeps egging me on. I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, I invited my girlfriend to go to the gym with me, and then I didn't show up. What? I hope she gets the message that we're not working out. All right, those are from Steve Grillo. Appreciate you, Steve. Hope you're doing great, my man. Yes, sir. Uh, ben Ben Siegel. Who is Ben's Bites? Who is Ben's Bites? He has a great question for the after show. And if you want to hear the answer, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash work for it. For $10.80 a year, you can hear the answer, and it will definitely shock you. Are you ready for this question? Hit it. All right, thoughts on success from being a generalist versus a specialist. Ooh. He says he would he I would say my general DIY knowledge helps me as a knife maker, but 
My professional experience helps me as a general problem solver. So he wants to hear our thoughts on that subject. And I have some thoughts on that subject. Because, you know, I love the sound of my own voice. (laughs) So anybody who gives me anything to talk about, I will gladly spout off and talk about these subjects on the after show. Because you know what? We bring the value, baby. Yeah, we do. Come on now. Every single day. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Work For It. On to the after show. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? What was that voice? <laughs> Come on now. It's my Kermit the Frog, man. <laughs> All right. I had to do something silly for Ben since he's not on the show. He's traveling right now. 